Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Mona Ray. And you're listening to Artwise. All right. So we have an awesome guest today. I'm very excited. This is actually like the first guest of season two. Whoop whoop. Yay. Yes. So do you, you want to go ahead and like introduce yourself and talk about, you know, what whatever you're on Artwise to talk about. What's going on? <laughs> My name is Mona Ray. I, I call myself a creative director just because that's the easiest, most simplified way to like you, just a creative, like every medium. I love it all art wise. That's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said so, the name. She oh, said no. the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I'm 28, mm, Filipino-American, neurodivergent. I'd like to say I'm pretty chill. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's me. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just to get started, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, because like you said, you love like all types of art, like very diverse. I actually, I did not in a creepy way, but I did a little creep in. I went on your website. I looked at all your art and like anybody um, who hasn't highly, highly recommend like going and checking it out because I was blown away by your work. It was amazing. Oh, I like almost cried. I love dance oh stuff and like, like movement art. Yes. Like I, I love it. I feel like a lot of people don't think about movement art like when they think of art they think of like a painter like stuff like that okay. which I know you do too but like movement yeah. art and dance like really like hits me like even oh. like what's that called ice skating figure skating that oh. too like dance well, like figure skating. yeah like I know it's, who you're talking about <laughs> it can be super super powerful like visual art medium but I feel like it's not like a lot of like what comes to mind that shit is impressive like the ice skating yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very. But yeah, like dance and like visual or, you know, like movement art, like not a lot of people think about that when they think about like visual arts. So I was just like wondering how, how did you begin your art journey? And like, how did you get into the things that you sort of like settled into, like as you went on your journey? Like was becoming an yeah. artist something that you've like always done or was it something yeah. that you kind of like learned about yourself as time went on? A little bit of both because my dad is an artist. So, and then his dad was an artist and his dad and his, no, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know how far it goes, but I know <laughs> my papa was an architect and he, you know, I, I, yeah, I adopted their pen style. Like I write a lot, like very similar to them, but yeah, my dad did comic strips and when he was in the Navy, he would like do murals and stuff. So even when he was in other jobs, he still like brought that there. So I kind of grew up with that influence. So, you know, like just little me, like with a little sketch pad, like I've always liked it. And then dancing as well, like just pop culture influence. Like, you know, these movies come out at the right time, like in our generation, you know? Yeah. So I was really heavily influenced by pop culture, like music videos and the movies like Break In and Honey and stuff like that. And I personally just really liked how it felt to catch a beat, like to be on beat. I was like, how long can I keep this up? And then it just kind of evolves from simple movement to complex movement to like getting personal. And then to the point now where it's like a therapeutic thing for me. So 
That's really yeah. cool. I'm in a similar <laughs> boat. No, my dad's an artist too, but he's yeah. he's in graphic design. And I ended up do, literally, I have the same job that he had when he was my age and I feel boring. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> no, I'm sitting at my desk from eight to five while like there's artists out there doing like these amazing, crazy, like creative directing things. And I'm sitting there at my desk like, yes, this is what I'm doing. But no, I'm interested in all of it. That's why I started the podcast, obviously, because I think it's like really awesome and really fun to like learn more about yeah. what other people do so like that like being perspectives exactly exactly yeah. so that being said like is is there sort of like a way that you figured out how to like tie all of your artistic together and like make everything like a cohesive thing for you or do you kind of just like oh I do I do this for work and I do this for money but then like sometimes I'll do like these like side hobby things like you know it's so it's so interesting because like the first thing you see when you go on TikTok, like if you want to be like influencer or creator, the first thing they tell you is to find your niche, your niche, yeah. niche. niche. And so, and obviously like I'm, I'm 28. So like I, a lot of the stuff that I started with, like I didn't have TikTok for a reference or like anything like, you know, so yeah, it was honestly pretty difficult. And then, like I said, like being neurodivergent and like having ADHD, it's like, I just wanted to do everything. And that wasn't palatable for a lot of people it's like what do you do and it's like I just love it all like just give me any medium and like I will like I have developed a style in all of it because that's just what I like to do and it's difficult to explain that you know yeah um, it's like all the sparks going off and like I, I just recently got put on medication so <laughs> <laughs> just like mental health wise like you know just to help with all those just to help like slow down and like yeah, but for a yeah. long time, art was pretty much survival and having all the different mediums meant saying different things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Can I ask you, did you go to like art school or college or anything? Or did you just kind of like out of the gate, just like start start doing the stuff that you wanted to do? Like how, yeah, what, I, what story? Like, <laughs> like what's the story there? My origin. What is your villain origin story? <laughs> your, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually never went to college or never, never anything. I just straight out of high school. If anything, I was really trying to get out of high school, like as fast as possible. I did the um, same thing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, can I just not like, but I've always had a camera in my hands since I was a kid too. Like I've always just felt like that was like, I don't know, that it needed to be on me. And when I got my first big girl job at 18, that was like my first goal. I was like, I'm going to get a camera. I think I want to pursue photography as like my full time. And then having the camera gave me a means to network and gave me a means to like collaborate and work with others. And like, so that kind of became, I guess, college in a way with the, the way that I exercise networking. So I don't know. Yeah, it's networking. Really weird. I don't <laughs> networking, I would I would argue like as an artist, I've been I'm a bit younger than you. I've been in the art industry for about four years now, a little over four years. I'm 22. I started Ooh. when I was 18 as well. I got a job as a graphic designer at a custom t-shirt shop and then I worked my way nice. up. But this isn't about me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 22. I've been in the industry for about four years, but if like I could tell my younger self anything 
Like mm. me personally, it would be like, don't be afraid to talk to people and get yourself out there because like networking and talking even with other artists, like I personally, I hate when other artists like look at each other and they see competition because it art is not an industry. I mean, yeah. like certain fields can be competitive with certain jobs. Right, but yeah. at the same time, if you have like a unique thing that you can do that a lot of artists don't do, like networking is what's going to get you work. And it's like, what is going to like create that like survival? Like it's what's yeah. going to get you to survive. So yeah, I, I don't know how, how you feel about exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about about that. But I definitely think like networking is like, definitely like a key thing for like all artists of any type to like be really good at which I know is hard for a lot of artists because we're usually a little quirky and like, <laughs> like introverted naturally right yeah naturally yeah. introverted naturally because art is a very what's like what's a good word for that it's a the very like medium yeah it's silent it's personal when you're sitting very. there and you're and you're making a painting or you're, you're working on like it's any intimate. project exactly yeah. it's very like okay I'm doing this by myself I'm in my head and mm -hmm. I I feel like a lot of artists really struggle with like the whole networking aspect which I'm I'm curious like how um have you all always been like I know like talking to you talking to me it's pretty easy it's kind of <laughs> pretty easy to me so like did you have to like break yourself out of your shell mm. to like force yourself to talk to people or have you kind of been naturally like good with people because I definitely I would, struggled with that. So I, I still struggle. <laughs> I have social anxiety sometimes and the pandemic really heightened that, I feel. I mean, I'm coming, I'm coming into like, you know, this like, I don't know if you're in astrology, but I'm like in my Saturn return right now. So it's very much like, all right, I'm kind of becoming the person I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Like there was a lot of experimentation. And like when I was younger, I let myself collaborate with pretty much anyone. I was just like, I just want to see how this goes. And let's just like try it out. And the one thing that I, I kept was the sense of like integrity. Like, okay, like I, I have like three rules. Like I'm not going to be naked. I'm not going to like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not going to like trade work for this, that, and the third. You already know what I'm talking about as two women here. Like yeah. <laughs> in, in the industry, that is a thing. So it's like in any industry. But I, I would say also that dance itself as a medium like if I wasn't dancing at all, I would probably struggle like a million times more than I do right now because dance kind of allows you to speak without talking. And there's this, like I have been battling and competing and performing for like 10 years now, like since like 2012, literally. So there was a lot of speed bumps and obstacles and things that I learned about myself along the way and boundaries that I learned that, because sometimes you don't know what your boundaries are until you, yeah. I, I am literally gonna have to heal from that for like years now like <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that makes sense but just no, putting yourself out there is is such a gamble like you know it's hard yeah no it's Ooh. it's difficult I don't know if you saw the original <laughs> TikTok that I posted so I'm for those of you listening who came from season one and don't really follow my social media you just like listen to the podcast because I know there's some people who probably don't follow me on social media and are just subscribed to the podcast who are probably listening right now but for those of you who don't know like I posted a TikTok that was basically like an open call for artists and I was I wasn't, I didn't really think about it when I posted it. I just thought, oh, maybe I'll get a couple of people. <laughs> it it became a lot more than that. It was kind of like really overwhelming a lot of people, but it also brought 
a lot of hate and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front yeah you would be surprised you'd be surprised people will hate on you for literally anything you do it doesn't matter how like pure of heart you are and what you're doing like people will hate on you for whatever yeah no there were people in you know in the comment section saying oh well don't bring in this type of artist and don't bring in this type of artist and it's like this is not your podcast. Like, this is not that's your so place. Weird. But yeah, that that's something that <laughs> happened. And there's like, they, if like people listening to this right now, artists listening to this, like, I know there's probably a real good reason for having social anxiety and being reluctant <laughs> to networking. But I promise you, like, even though like I did get a lot of negative comments, I actually had someone stitch the video and basically send their following after me. Ew. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was about because you know how I posted a list and I said like, okay, I want like animators, motion designers, uh, creative directors, this, right, this, right. and this. I had like a list on my video. I yeah. had NFT artists on the list. And <laughs> that is a very fun thing for people to, I guess, hate right now. I know what it is, if I'm being real with you. Which is exactly why I wanted to have an NFT artist on the podcast, because a lot of people don't know what it is. And so that's why I included it. And I ended up just getting a, a, a flood of people from that person who, who like, uh, stitched, like, one of my comments saying, like, respectfully, this is my podcast and not yours. And there's a lot of misinformation out there surrounding NFT artists. And to be honest, I feel, I feel bad for that genre of artists because they do get a lot of crap because oh, it's shit. very oh. it's very new and a lot of people don't know about it but that being said that's why i wanted to have different kinds of artists on the podcast because there there's so many things going on in different realms i know animators right now i don't know like how active you are on like twitter but animation twitter i didn't really <laughs> know cuz i'm not an animator personally not professionally i, it. I love it yeah, in another life, it's my like full time thing, but like I don't know. Yeah, now, the but. the drama, the tea, all the art community is oh nuts. But I see so much like of the animation community on Twitter specifically. Like they are underpaid and overworked. If you like, if you see the base pay for like an animator for like a feature film or like a Netflix series. The pay that they pay these animators, like the base pay, they'll want you to live in like the most expensive part of California and then they'll pay you like 15 bucks an hour and they want you to work 80 hours a week with no like time and a half overtime. Mm -mm. It's ridiculous. And like that's part of the reason why I I wanted to have like all like these various like different kinds of artists like on the podcast is because there is like needs to be awareness around certain things that I feel like a lot of artists like myself personally, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I wouldn't yeah. know about. Yeah. Well, I have tea. Tea? What's Speaking the tea? Of a spe- <laughs> this. No, the Super Bowl's coming up, right? And just dance, like just underpaid, overworked. They wanted dancers to volunteer themselves for the Super Bowl, basically. No pay. You had to, I could pull it up on Instagram right now and forward it to you, but it's like insane. Like they wanted you to rehearse 63 hours. Like I'm talking from like 1 p.m. to 10 p.m majority of that week and then the super bowl day was like something like a 14 hour day or something like that or i can't remember but it was absurd no pay and then you know this is like la so it's like ubers and stuff like that it's like super expensive most people don't really have cars like in the big big cities i don't know like in new york they don't i don't know about la when i was there 
I did have a bunch of friends that were like, I'm saving for a car right now because the struggle is really real when you're really trying to make it in your industry. The things you sacrifice. Yeah. But I mean, that's the tea. Can we, of- <laughs> can we talk about the Super Bowl for a second? <laughs> okay. So I don't know. I don't know how much you like looked into me. I don't talk about myself a lot on this podcast because I like to give the floor to other people. But I'm a graphic designer for Fanatics NFL and Nike NFL. So I'm currently so I'm have to cut this off because I have a loyalty thing and you just overstep. So no, 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 no. Like no, I'm just kidding. The Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys like realize like we have to make art for every single team at the last minute, like even though only one team is going to win, like. The Super Bowl does not like sports and artists like I don't know the NFL does not like artists I guess cuz like no um sports you know, I I I love my job and like I love that I'm able to do art for a living but Super Bowl is so stressful it's so stressful you have so much to do and you get to the end and it's like 90% of all the work you did was for nothing because like oh. literally all of those designs that you made for like all the teams that got eliminated pretty much oh. useless and like the main stuff that ends up actually getting used are like the NFC champions, the AFC champions, and then the Super Bowl winners and everything else is just thrown out. It's, it's crazy. Cause I, yeah. not a lot of people ask me about that, but yeah, that, that's great. And that's why <laughs> it doesn't like, surprise me. Now. <laughs> yeah. That, no, like that doesn't surprise me at all that they're asking dancers to like go for free. They're even like, I got an email from work saying like, oh, if you want to like go to the Super Bowl, we'll pay for your hotel and stuff if you want to volunteer. And it's like, yeah, they're just looking for volunteers and that doesn't surprise me. And I feel like a lot of people, this brings up an interesting question about the art in- industry too. I feel like a lot of mm. people will say, oh, you can put this on a resume and it's going to look great, but we're not going to pay Oh my you. God, paid with exposure. Yeah, hate that hate that how do you feel about that I mean it's it's really interesting I think when you're younger that's okay because you really need to get your feet wet and like you it's a good learning experience at the same time you're not just gonna like you know I I really do think in the beginning it's okay like I'm talking beginning I did a music video once and I only got paid like 150 for it but the video is like it plays in journeys. It plays like wow. it has like billions of views. Yeah. But it was like one of my first gigs. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> yeah, I feel it like- is what it is. Like, yeah, it's not like I'm a part of some label and get royalties from that. Like, that's the artist. The artist paid me to be part of the scene, essentially. Like, you know, do you ever get like mad? <laughs> that you don't get royalties like every time it plays in a journey <laughs> that you're not getting a check because I would kind of be bitter like I'd be a little salty I'd be like I like walk into journeys and it's playing and like the customer service person is like like putting two and two together and I'm just like <laughs> they're like <laughs> you see my shoes are like damn <laughs> oh my God. I'm like I can't even afford the shoes that I'm in here for I'm sorry I'll leave like <laughs> no I don't know I mean there's there's some things to be bitter about, but you live. I in guess your it's, it's probably not worth <laughs> worth being bitter and salty about. But I definitely, yeah, I pro- I probably there's only so long that you can be like upset about something until it's like, well, well 
nothing I, I can do. I feel like that wasn't that wasn't personal. Like honestly, like the way that it went about, like there were contracts, like everything was explained to me. It was like I honestly learned so much from that day. He paid me for my time and I really just I was so hungry to get out there, you know, and just like network like we were talking about. But it's it's a little different because there's all these different tiers when it comes to these industries, every industry that I've ever worked in, like photography, dance, art is kind of like a silent thing to me. Like that's something I do kind of like, like I am in control here. And you know, but with dance, I really like put myself out there. And there was one time when I was in LA, this it just it's so Hollywood. It's so like movie, you know, like you go to an audition, and it just feels like this is gonna be it. This is gonna be my break. And then they tell you to leave. And then they throw your headshot away and shit like that. And it's like, that was like four years ago. I'm I there's still something in here. That like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's, like, yeah. there's a little bit of that that is used for my driving force, like, <laughs> which could be like the villain origin story. Like, that's just like, who I'm seeking vengeance on like I'm gonna take his job one day like I don't know (laughs) you probably will honestly (laughs) no you mentioned astrology earlier my eyes lit up and I went I love astrology (laughs) what are you I I am a Sagittarius sun a Libra Mm. moon and an Aries rising (laughs) yes what about yours (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Pisces sun Aquarius moon and a Gemini rising Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, with the Saturn return, I feel like that's when a lot of people like rise up from the ashes, especially oh, astrology yeah. people that have been like kind of using astrology as guidance the whole time. Not that this is an astrology podcast, but <laughs> I, I wherever it's I can arty. bring it up. It's yeah, romantic. It's, it's it it fits in the realm of art to me. I mean, the stars make pictures and you know, I agree. there's this identity thing that comes with these signs. And like when you're younger, it's like, oh, whatever. But then you see the patterns with people like the Capricorns, you know, kind of all feel the same. <laughs> like, And then you're like, huh, the Scorpios, I know, kind of all feel the same. And you wonder like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I mean, all- yeah, it's unrelated, <laughs> but it's definitely like something really interesting. Have you have you gotten into human design? What do you mean? Human design, it's it's like astrology, but it's – I would recommend it for you. I think you'll love it. So <laughs> it's like astrology. You find it the same way, um, the same way that you, like, calculate your astrology chart. You look up your human design chart, and you put in, like, your name, your date of birth, time of birth, location of birth, all that stuff. Ooh. And it, it tells you so much about how your body functions. So it's not so much like astrology is more like you can use it to kind of like see how things are going to play out or like mentally prepare for like what kind of day you're going to have if you look at your transits. But like with human design, it's more like how does my body best function with like my purpose? Ooh. It's really interesting. That so sound interesting. Yeah. How have I not seen that? I'm all up in that like Enneagram numbers and like INTJ, INFP, stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. it's very similar to that. But mine, I found, I love astrology. Before this podcast, I actually had a true crime astrology podcast. And (laughs) yeah, I'm super into astrology. I I read charts for a little bit. But you know, I kind of like took a step back and I, I learned more about like my human design. And I, astrology's helped me a lot. But I would say like, human design is at par with it in terms of like because I you know I feel like all artists can kind of relate but like I struggle with anxiety and like you were saying being kind of like 
I'm like all, all over the place and like yeah. hum, human design not that it's a cure-all but it can definitely right. help like one of the things in my human design chart that I have is like when I eat it has to be loud or I won't digest the food as good that is so fascinating and I read that and I was like that's so dumb and that and then I started <laughs> I started listening to music when I eat and then I was like oh my god I don't have a stomach ache like maybe I shouldn't have that been eating so in crazy. silence it's so weird that it's it, so weird yeah and th- there's like five main types there's um generators manifesting generators projectors manifestors and reflectors there's different kinds so like there's five different types like I'm a projector so like oh. they each have like different <laughs> different purposes like in human design so like yeah. for example I'm a projector so like my main like purpose is to kind of like guide like give like guidance to people and inform people like a good example of a projector would be like a teacher or um like someone who like, has a podcast oh my god oh my god <laughs> what no yeah like exactly but like there's also key things with human design this is getting way off topic but no, it's um, not. The, it's the really last- not The last thing I'll say for human design is like, there's key things. So like projectors, for example, they're not the most or least common. I think about 20% of people are projectors. I think the most common is like generators and manifesting generators. I think that's like half the population. Yeah. They're like the people who keep things going. Um, Yeah. And then there's the projectors who are like the mentors. They like are supposed to master like one or two things and then teach people about it. Where where can someone find out what they are on this? Like what can they can they Google it or what? How can yeah yeah just they are Google human design chart and then it'll ask you like same as your astrology chart. It'll ask you like your name, date of birth, time of birth, location of birth, and then it comes up with a chart. That's I literally I still don't really know how to read the chart, but then underneath the chart it has like oh. Oh, you're a projector with uh, sacral or no sac- projectors don't have sacral authority but like it'll oh. say you're a projector with emotional <laughs> authority or like you're a manifesting generator with sacral authority and oh, then shit, you can dude. then like you can then google those pieces and yeah. be like okay what is a generator with sacral authority and then it'll tell you like oh this is like how you live your life and I've read a few like, people oh, I had no idea <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. Tells me your schedule, like you all, you've been living it, and you're like, no fucking way, like <laughs> it's crazy. the The most accurate part, though, that I found about my my human design chart is, yeah. it'll give you a number. So I am a four six projector, mm. and when you look up the numbers, like say, like I don't know, you're a two four or whatever, you can look up like two four, and then whatever you are. And it'll come up on Google with like a description of how you operate or how you can like best operate and kind of how even like mine had like how my life was going to play out a little bit. And it was painfully accurate so far, but it was like, oh, oh a six, four uh, personality, like literally they can't be around people, but they need to work with people. So like Skype and phone calls are great for them, but like they can't be in the presence of too many people or they will freak out. And I just read that and I was like, all right, this is enough. I feel attacked. Wow. <laughs> you know, I had no idea about this. So I don't think this was off topic I think a lot of people like I'm 28 I've not seen this one so that's really awesome that's really it's, cool I'm yeah totally I think it's newer it's newer somebody combined astrology with a bunch of other stuff and it turned into human design it's I think it that's like awesome. came about in the 90s so I don't think a lot of people know about it but it's yeah. helped me a lot 
if you know, I know, obviously, not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be into like the woo woo, like astrology, human design. Oh, stuff. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but it's helpful if you're open to it, which I feel like you'll definitely be open to it. And it's yeah. really cool. But anyway, <laughs> do you want to talk about something art related now? Actually, let's, let's, let's go into this. I'm actually, I was really curious to hear about the book you're writing. I like, I, I saw like you put like a little description of like what the book is about. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so interesting. And we haven't talked about writing yet. So I, I want to talk about that. So can you just tell us a little bit like about the book you're writing and like maybe like what got you into writing and like what specifically led to the topic that you chose for the book that you're currently writing? Because I'm really interested to hear more about that. Yeah, that's actually a good segue from what we were talking about because, you know, there's things that I've, those little tests that I've done that have been like, you know, writer might be a good thing for you because, you know, like introverted and, and just being with so many various mediums. And I think it's part of like, we don't have, we don't have to turn this into astrology thing, but this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. <laughs> but being a Gemini rising means that like, I can sit here and like, look at every single one of like these paths that I could take. And I'll sit here way longer than like someone who's not a Gemini rising and literally play out every single thing in my mind and be like, okay. I feel like that's an air sign, just an, an air, air sign thing so? to do. Yeah. yeah. Lib Libras are also very indecisive. I have a Libra moon and, you know, but I don't, I can I have a like moon. So I'm like double that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's an air sign. I'm I'm air sign dominant too. I, I would assume is your chart like air sign dominant? Would you say or just? I'm actually big, very big water thing? dominant. Oh, really? My big three, okay. Like, there's like a lot of air, but I'm actually very water mutable I've and shit like that. But yeah, with writing, with like having the various mediums and kind of like, I almost want to call myself like above all like an escapist because when it comes to art and not to go too off track because I know we're talking about the book, but <laughs> in a way, like that, that was the most ultimate escapism that I've ever really fully indulged in. And I actually had, I started the book in 2018. I was a bookseller and it was like one of the best jobs I've ever had. Like when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a writer. I've always loved books. I've always loved escaping into books. But when it comes to like writing and really putting yourself behind the eyes of someone else, it's like... It's insane the amount of like just how out of body you get and like the way that time passes. And I actually got COVID the, like in August. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> but I got COVID in August and we were quarantined. And that's just I was like, I got to do something. I'm going crazy in here. And I told you we live in an RV. We're a very like tiny home. So it's yeah. not like I can go to different rooms or whatever and kind of like we're all in like the same like. 30 feet of space like so yeah writing really helped me I sat there and like wrote the whole book and like just kept revising but the book itself was inspired by um true events and they like one of my friends told me she was an English major she was like you know you can do you can go to college you can learn English you can study literature you can study like the art of it it's very poetic like underneath it all like language and showing not telling you know that's like the art of reading like and as <laughs> I almost like got off topic there as well but she said that her professor said if like literally anyone can write because it's all about living and experiencing and like feeling 
and just sitting and writing. Like anyone can be a writer. So that's not like some thing, you know, I really feel like everyone should write. Did you want to talk about the topic of the book or are you going to save that oh, yeah. for when the book comes out? <laughs> oh, no. It's about a girl named Nora Wolf, and she is already more, she's 22. She's a gamer and a bookseller at this place called Apocalypse Books. It's like really dreamy. I make sure that all the spaces in the book are very much like while you're reading it, you want to be there even through the dark topic of it all. So she's mourning her ex that she lost due to a uh, trigger warning. He took his own life. I don't know if that's okay for me to say on here. But that's fine. Yeah. I know it's a trigger, trigger warning. And that's something I actually experienced. Someone that I love deeply did that right out of high school. And it really shocked everyone. And I observed how it shocked everyone and how he was, you know, the class clown. And he was like always happy and funny around everyone else. But like no one really knew that he was, you know, like it's really interesting. So underneath everything, it really targets like men's mental health, not just mental illness and mental health, but men's mental health and how that affects everyone around the man and how men take that differently. And yeah, she witnesses she's like leaving her she's leaving his grave to go to her birthday party when her grandpa forgets who her dad is. So like her grandpa has Alzheimer's. And this causes the dad to react to that. So then she's like triggered. She's projecting onto him. She's like, oh, I can see like, you know, I can see how I was reacting, how he's reacting. And, you know, the stakes are that she could lose her house, her family, like everyone's reacting differently to the dad. And so she sets out on that. And then, yeah. Stay tuned for more. No, I don't want to like say the whole (laughs) synopsis of like the whole story. Yeah, no. Are you uh, so like how are you are you close to like being finished with it or like I'm done. You're done with it. Okay, I'm done with the book. Yeah, I'm querying it right now to get it traditionally published. It's a fucking process. Like it's a (laughs) mother. Like oh my god, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Are you are you gonna like I don't know how that works at all. So like sorry if I say something dumb, but no. are are you like are you gonna like pre-sell them or like how does but cause I kind of I wanna know the rest. So okay, yeah. So <laughs> I it's very on brand for me to self-publish. Like everything I've ever done, like I told you, I never went to college. I kind of like learned as I went. I've done mm-hmm. a lot of things self-producing wise, like music videos and shirts and like like all kinds of things. I've done it. I know I could self-produce this book and I would keep 100% of the money that I make, right? Mm-hmm. But there is something in in me, like my inner child really wants to see this through because before everything else, like that's who I wanted to be when I was like 12 years old. You know, you have career day at school and it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there was something about writing and writing books, even though I kind of like, you know, I pursued something else. It was always behind me. So. Yeah. So with traditional publishing, once you finish your manuscript, which is your revised, edited, et cetera, novel book, first of all, it has to be a minimum of like 50,000 words. So there's like a criteria you have to meet before you can even think about sending it to agents. There are literary agents that you have to email, personalize your query letter, which is basically a sales letter. This is why you will want to read my book. Da 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 pop 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 herpa derpa derp right and then you have to write like a synopsis which is basically your book your whole entire fifty thousand words on like one page <laughs> oh my gosh. like yeah spoilers and everything and so it's just like I don't know why but those were more difficult than writing the book itself it was like writing the query letter and and then you have to find the agents you have to go to like 
manuscript wish lists and you have to look at what agents are looking for to make sure that it's on bar because you're not, I'm not going to send my dark contemporary rom-com kind of new adult novel to someone who's looking for like a YA magic sorcerer like they like fantasy like you just can't do that you're going to waste your time it's a lot of trial and error for sure I've sent out like over 70 queries and I've gotten between 30 and 40 rejections like emailed like hey Mona sorry but this isn't a good fit for me right now like I've been enduring that Google chime that Gmail chime and being like (gasps) it's like hey sorry and I'm just like Oh man. So it's a learning process. It's a lot of getting your heart broken. Like, I promise it's a good story. That's and beta that's, readers as well. Yeah. Having yeah. people read your book for you and like be like, hey, does this does this seem complete? Were there any plot holes? I've had about five or six beta readers. This is where this is where I have my silver line. So I've had I want I, I lose count because I've actually sent out like twenty to twenty beta readers right now. But mm-hmm. the ones like five of them have finished in like three days. They're like, I couldn't put it down. And one of them was a guy. So that's because, you know, most readers are not cishet males. Like they're <laughs> like, unless it's like, they're just different genres. People like to consume different things. And with it being like a rom-com from a woman's perspective, you know, and the other person finished it in two weeks. So like, I, I know it's a good story. It's just about like, I don't want to sound like, arrogant or anything I really worked like so hard on it <laughs> no <laughs> like even the agent even you talking about it like I can like I'm I'm pretty good about like feeling like when people are really like passionate about something and like I like and it, I can't like I want to like I'm gonna get the book like whenever, <laughs> whenever I'm able to buy it like let me know yeah send me a DM <laughs> on Instagram and be like hey just you know like here's a link you can buy the book now I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna read it because now I need to know what happens <laughs> it and is sh- a rom-com too Nora she you know when her dad leaves she's kind of stuck to face herself and her she doesn't really you're reading from the perspective of someone who doesn't realize she is healing and needs to heal more because obviously she's projecting mm-hmm. and there is someone who she keeps bumping into like a friend from high school before she was traumatized and he just got off the road like the dad fled in an RV and this guy is actually straight off the road doing uh, van life. So there's a lot of escapism in it in terms of like, even if you look like you have your shit together, like there's a lot of like, everyone is trying to find their own escape in some way. Like that's kind of an undertone to the book. And yeah, I, it's querying sucks. (laughs) I'm on writing Twitter. So that's like when you were talking about animation Twitter, I'm on writing Twitter and there's a lot of good support there. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for you. I can't I can't wait to read. I can't wait to read it. That's really cool. I think it's great too that your book touches on men's mental health because I feel like there's such a stigma around men's mental health. Yeah. Not a stigma. Is stigma the right word? No, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's like a <laughs> it's like a societal thing that like it's men should never. Yeah, like it's it's like a really like negative like societal thing that like like men don't have mental health issues but that's not Mm. the case and I feel like anything that brings more awareness to that is absolutely amazing because you know like men you know gender gender aside like people struggle with mental health and I don't feel like anyone should be like shamed or like put down for that because like people yes like 
like if you know like if a man were to like read your book and be like oh my god like I'm not alone that could encourage them to like seek help before they get to that point you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's amazing and I'm so I'm really excited to read it like actually like I really hope that you remember to send me a message as soon as I read it or you know I'll I'll follow you if you post about it I (laughs) I'm getting I'm getting it (laughs) I I didn't realize because obviously there's certain ways like I remember I know this seems so silly but I remember in like fourth grade whenever you start doing like book reports or writing you know like they teach you how to write your English teacher and there's certain things that I remember like the beginning middle and end right mm-hmm. but I have gone to YouTube University when it comes to like all right how do I pace my plot and this and that and the other right but as someone who's like in love with film and like when it comes to my dance and just like the music video industry that I've been involved in for so long and that being really my like one of my first adult passions like at at the root of it is storytelling like a complete story like what's the what's the problem who's the hero how are they going to find a solution like what are the stakes you know and like if you love movies or if you love just like consuming entertainment in that way it's there's a lot of reflecting Maybe I'm a reflector, like what you were talking about. Like maybe I'm like <laughs> reflectors are. They're the. I've never met a reflector in my life, ever. They're the rarest type. Sorry, I could. I'm just like interrupting you to go off about human design again. They're the rarest type. They're they're. It's weird. They they reflect things around them. It's it's really interesting, and they're like a room of mirrors, kind of like. Yeah, it's it's really they're they're the rare type for for a reason. They're the rarest type. I a lot of them are environmental activists mm. and they're I think like one of the main purpose of reflectors is like, you know, environmental. Yeah. Uh like saving the environment and yeah. stuff like that. I don't saving know. Saving the earth. Yeah. Well, also like saving people, I feel maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably that too. People. I I haven't read a lot about reflectors because there's so (laughs) few of them. I think like one in every 100 people is a reflector. So they're very rare. That's why I probably don't know as much about them. But Mm. yeah, maybe. Let me know, honestly. I'm curious to know. I'll figure it out. I mean, at the very core core, like with the storytelling, it's like, do I want to just tell a good story or do I hope to like spark some, you know, light along the way? I don't know if you saw in my, I don't know if I have it on my website, but I also did motivational youth speaking. I have like a, like just at my core, obviously, I want the world to be a better place. Like I have two kids, you know, I don't want like, it's been wild, especially the past two years. Okay. Like, if everyone could just get along, if men could just feel okay about crying in public, especially, I feel like the world would just be so different. If everyone wrote, if everyone danced, and men could cry. Yeah, (laughs) my tombstone. Like, I just think. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel like there's such a beauty in being human and experiencing human things that I feel like society kind of like looks down upon. Like, I'm not saying like every every person, but obviously like there's definitely like something wrong with like the way that like, oh, you're you're a man, you shouldn't do this. Oh, you're this, you shouldn't be this. Like, oh, all all women are so emotional. It's just it's it's like a human experience to like feel emotion and to dance and to make art it's it's called humanities for a reason you know (laughs) so it's like I yeah I totally like that's that's an amazing kind of like goal to have and that's that's awesome 
do you feel like the stigma around men's mental health and like just the way that things have been kind of like put on us in terms of like, you know, gender normatives or whatever, like, do you think that is there's something in our DNA that we're having to like heal from as generations bloom? Or do you think that it's also influenced by pop culture? Probably both. You think so? I'm no expert, but... Two, though. Yeah, I think both to an extent, but I definitely... Yeah, I think both. (laughs) (laughs) There's just something in our DNA. But we're not cave people anymore, and, like, the men don't need to go... Like, it's not... Yeah. Obviously, we weren't there. We don't really know what was going on. Like... (laughs) Yeah, things are very different. Like, we've all evolved so freaking quickly especially in the last like hundred years or so like since the internet came to be I think we've just like yeah and that's a whole different yeah Mm -hmm. and and tying that back to nfts which we talked a little bit about (laughs) earlier I'm not that I'm trying to like keep bring up the thing that's like out here getting me canceled but back with Back so when speaking of NFTs, what what I mean you guys are to here say, for? <laughs> no, literally, I keep talking about it. But no, in the '90s, like when the internet came about, people like did not want that in their. Ha- they were like, "What is this? I don't want that in my house." And now it's like we got these little boxes with all these people in it. It's like crazy. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I just feel you like lifted her phone. By the way, for everyone who yeah, I, li- I lifted up my phone. <laughs> yeah, we have these these little boxes with all these people in them, and you know you can talk to anybody you want anywhere in the world at any time of the day if you if you want to, and like that's crazy. And to think in the '90s, people were like, "I don't want no computer in my house. What the heck?" And like the '80s, and people like it's it's just crazy yeah, to me. That's so weird. And it's evolving so quickly that now you know NFTs aside they're they're built on blockchain technology and i feel like okay. a lot of people are seeing these new things and being like i don't like new things because people don't like change I it's, like it's it. true a lot of people don't yeah. like change but i feel like <laughs> a lot of a lot of like the new technology and like new like even new forms of art new anything people tend to kind of like be against so I feel like it's really really important to talk about stuff like that because I think that like it or not change just happens naturally over time yeah I agree that's actually the name that's where I got my first brand name from it was called culture conduct and I started it when I was 19 with my camera it was like what we were talking about the whole basis of it is just like culture being your environment and the things around you and then conduct being how you react. And then it was just like kind of a way for me. This goes back to like literally the very first question you asked me of like how I put everything under one roof. And yeah, mm-hmm. I just made that brand to kind of like, you know, production house or whatever. I didn't know what it was for like the longest time. I was like, I just know that I want to do all these things. And like, I know that was like a hard turn from NFTs just now, but. <laughs> so I was going to ask if you had like advice for people who struggle with art block because I know that you've put out a lot of artwork before in in the past like you have like like such a like beautiful body of work oh, just from looking you at your so at your website so I was wondering if you had like maybe like advice for like maybe beginner artists who are kind of like trying to follow a similar path as you to like you know, how you kind of like kept things going throughout your art creative career. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's like I had, they say to have like different, you know, five different things that you dip yourself into, you know, like something for money, something for pleasure, something for, you've seen that before, Mm -hmm. something for maybe potential other income to supplement. And yeah, it really, especially growing up during this time and being like lower middle class, like I, I don't come from like money or anything. I really just wanted to be able to create. And I think it's, it might be a little different for me, but maybe neurodivergent artists who do find themselves loving every medium. Like I'm, I'm talking like even like I've even dabbled in like songwriting and singing before, like just any way to tell these stories that are inside of you, you know, or to just like exercise these different parts, your hands, the things that you can dip your hands into. I think to overcome artist block, because there's been times where like I couldn't dance, but I just I needed to film something. Thus creating the I don't know if you saw it, but it was kind of like a like a live comic book. Did I did. I Ramona did watch it. It was it was amazing. I think I might have cried. <laughs> oh um, my god. I don't know. No, like I your your work like blew me away. Like I I hope that like if if no one's told you in a while like truly like you're an amazing artist and like oh people god. people like you creating things like is like what makes the world go round and like Stop. No. Ah! <laughs> I, I'm an easy crier, though. Scream. I'm an emotional person. I, like, cry at everything. I'm like, oh, my God, someone painted a picture of a duck committing arson. Tears, oh, my God. So. That's it, though. What you just said, like, feeling your feelings, like, being emotional, you know. And I think with block, there, I think that's, like, a personal thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's like, why do you feel blocked? Probably because you're holding something back. Probably because you don't want to admit something to yourself. Like, and there's a lot of, like, acceptance in that as well, you know. And that's that makes an artist like the human experience and just like (laughs) our fleeting time and the things that we experience and the people we love and like the people we miss shit like that like that's really gonna make art you know these experiences and just feeling your feelings is really gonna be the true thing I think to get you out of your artist block you will find a way to express what you're feeling in that current time and crystallize it and then put it out into the universe and it'll live forever like that so that's my advice I think that's like a really (laughs) interesting take that I don't think that I've heard a lot before that's really interesting no like because like for for example I feel like a lot of people get creative block because they have a lot of self-doubt and fears Mm. in terms of art I think a lot of people are afraid of creating something bad and I think I think I'm gonna make a new slogan for my podcast that's yeah literally like I keep hearing it everywhere lately especially and I don't know if it's like the universe throwing it at me but my high my high school art teacher used to say this all the time and I always as a as a kid in high school, I was like, you are insane. But she would always say whenever we were stressing about like finishing a project or our, our art wasn't coming out how we wanted it to, she would always say it's about the journey, not the destination. And I always oh, feel like, yeah. what do you mean? If it comes out bad, I can't use it for the show. Like I would just like, like wouldn't go completely over my head. But like now yeah. as an adult thinking back on it, like not just with creating but like with life in general like it really is about the journey and not where you end up it's about like enjoying the process of doing things and creating things and I think I think that's going to be this podcast like season two slogan Slogan. motto because I I keep hearing it (laughs) and I keep relating it back to other things and I'm like okay 
I'm just gonna yes. have to say it every episode. It's about the journey, not the destination. Yes, definitely. <sighs> you can always make something from nothing. I think that's that's one of my favorite quotes. Speaking of quotes, is <laughs> I don't even know who originally said it because I feel like you know when you Google something, it kind of there's like different references. But it's oh, another quote just kind of came into my head. One of them from The Law of Divine Compensation by Marianne Williamson. That's a book you can get. She says, you discover who it is that you really are when you are pouring your love into the universe. That wasn't what I was originally going to say, but that just like came up. So I feel like maybe you need to hear it or someone who listens to this is probably going to need to hear that. Probably Um, everyone that listens to this podcast. Like that's a really beautiful quote. I love that. (laughs) And the other one being from lower middle class, lower class, like I've been on all kinds of welfare when I was a single mom. The other one is do the best you can with what you got where you are. And that has that has gotten me through some art stuff because I would sit there and be like, I only have some cardboard and like a Sharpie and like, you know, and you can still make something with that. Yeah. You don't need money to make art. I mean, kind of because you need to buy like paint supplies and stuff like that. But like it can like it can funnel itself like you can make something, sell it, like flip it. And I think our generation's kind of obsessed with that, like flipping stuff, like, you know, with the, oh, yeah. and the drifting and like, you can, you can really. Yeah. What are they, mm-hmm. what do they call it? What's the word for that? When they like, I, I always see the, the TikToks of people upcycling. Upcycling. <laughs> yes. Everyone, yes. everyone listening to this, you guys need to start upcycling, not just clothes, whatever you, whatever you got, whatever yeah. you, opportunity that you have to make something, even if you feel like there is nothing upcycle whatever it is you know I had an art teacher that I think it was like second grade or first grade and she said if you mess up just turn it into something else and that kind of reminds me of what we're talking about now too because you can really make any you could get like a trash you can paint a trash can and like make something out of that like really yeah happy accidents Bob Ross Yes. We just keep like quoting people. Like, yes. Like we have nothing original coming from. <laughs> no, these are all great people that like that's what this podcast is about. It's about like taking others like experience and thoughts and like things that they've said and like taking it and using it and learning from it. Like that's what art wise is about. That's why I'm having so many season two, y'all. I don't know if I I haven't yeah. I'm not gonna front I blessed. I've recorded <laughs> half of the first episode that that so at this point of us recording, I've recorded yeah. half of the first episode, which would have at the time that you're hearing this came out a week <laughs> prior on um, March 1st, Tuesday, March 1st. I've only recorded about half of the first episode <laughs> and I stopped in the middle because I started crying. No, I'm a lot. But no, season two is primarily guests. And I feel like art especially is a field that you can learn a lot from other people, even though it feels like it's so personal it's so personal to every individual that like if we all come together as a team and like learn from each other, it it's just it makes it that much stronger. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I don't know. Like sometimes oh, yeah. I say things and I'm like, no. did that make any sense to anyone no. else? Like <laughs> that makes sense. That makes all the sense. We need each other. Like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, OK, so what's that was something that I. I kind of came to terms with I would hoard my own art like I would just kind of like collect it and I it was like I don't really want to sell it like this means so much to me like I remember where I was when I painted I remember how I was feeling when I painted that and when we moved into the tiny home I could not keep that shit like it was like you need 
to get rid of most of these because I had some that were like super big paintings, you know, like that's not going to fit anywhere. And I had to come to this realization that like art is for other people. It's not for you at the end of the day. Like, yes, you were able to do this and everything, but how it's going to affect someone is like the meaning of art. Like, you know, you're bridging that gap between wherever it was that you were (laughs) and like allowing someone to be there and still have like a safe place in your art, you know? Yeah. 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 I totally, I totally get that. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we're coming up on an hour. So why don't you go ahead and plug all of your stuff, all the self promo, everything that you that you want to promote that you want to tell people about where they can find your social media, all of that? Why don't you just go ahead and tell us? Tell us all. Well, I am Mona the Raven at Mona the Raven on Instagram, Twitter, pretty much only those two things. And I also have my art account, Michiko Cafe, if anyone ever wanted to see like the painting and stuff like that. MonaTheRaven.com is where you can see all of my gallery of works and anything that I have coming up or, you know, anything. <laughs> all my all my previous work from the past like 10 years my I only put like my favorite 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 stuff on there so it's very filtered to give you the best experience of my <laughs> my experiences and yeah Nora Wolf has gone insane will hopefully be coming out soon hopefully I'll get signed we're manifesting it energy um, sending <laughs> sending good energy your sending way good energy. I, it's gonna happen the next email you get it's gonna happen and you have me to thank for that because i manifested it for you yeah <laughs> we, we need to pull in an agent that's looking for a book like that and then we'll go from there and then you know and then we'll get published because the agent has to sell it to like the publishing house or it's like this whole like process but yeah <laughs> thank you for having me on here i had such a good time yeah, so it's fun. it's been awesome. Thank you so much. I super appreciate you coming on the podcast to to talk about all all your stuff. It's been super fun, super amazing, and I yeah. enjoy talking about NFTs, very minimally. All right, that about wraps it up. Thank everybody for uh, listening and I will see you you guys guys all next Tuesday. Bye everyone. Bye. (laughs) I love the sound by the way. Thank you. (laughs) 